Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast and the class today is dedicated in honor of Daniela and Avi Lazar's first wedding anniversary. And in loving memory, and Lilui Nishmat, Daniela's dear friend, Mia's father, Nachum Rafael Ben Rivka Aleva Shalom, on his first Askara Yortzeit, sponsored by Daniela Lazar. Hazaku Baruch. Our parasha begins by telling us that Va'era, and I appeared, and I appeared, it says, and I appeared, and I appeared, Va'era. Now, I must read to you this pasuk because it's important that we understand the context of what's happening for the idea that I'd like to share today. So if you remember the end of the parasha, it's one of the first parashiyot that I read as a young child from the Sefer Torah, right? Moshe comes to God, after God says he's going to save the Jewish people, it actually gets worse. Right? You said it was going to get better. And since I came to Paro to speak in your name, things got worse. You still did not save uh, what's it called. And if that is the case, why did you send me as a messenger to Paro if things are going to get worse than they were before? That's how Shemot ends on a cliffhanger. You know, tune in next week, okay? This week's episode, Yanni, begins and says, Avraham, Hashem speaks to Moshe harshly, and he says, Ani Amonai, I am God. Avraham, and I appear to Avraham, and Isaac with Yaakov, Bekel Shakai, Ushmi Hashem, Lo Nodati Lahem. And my name, Hashem, Yudke Vavke, Lo Nodati Lahem. What does the word nodati mean? Anyone know? I did not make myself known. Now it's really important to understand this. I did not make myself known. Why? If you go back, actually, to the very first person that's mentioned over here, va'era el Avraham, and I appeared to Avraham. If you look at the very first mention to Avraham, va'yomer Hashem el Avraham. What does it say? Yudke vavke. So the very first time God appears to Abraham, who is it that's speaking? Hashem, in the terms it says Yudke Vavke, which is the name of God that is spelled that way. So what does it mean that God says, Ushmi Hashem The very first conversation it says that. Sprinkled throughout all of the conversations between Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, <coughs> we see the terminology of God called by His name, yud and then vav we see God speaking to them. That's why I ask you clearly, what does the word nodati mean? Nodati doesn't mean, and I did not speak to them from that name, but rather I did not make myself known to them. So let's try and, you know, pull this apart a little bit. And then, like I love to do with all of these classes, I love to take the idea which resides in history in the past, something about God and what he said to Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Moshe, and translate that into what it means to live uh, as a Jewish person or even a human being in the year 2021. Rabutai, what is this idea that God has different names? What is this concept? We know that God is one. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. God is one. 
So how could they be different names? There's obviously not different gods. There's obviously not separate powers that we're praying to, but rather attributes in, in the way that God is interacting with us. That, that, the name of that interaction or style of interaction, that has a name and that was what, the way we referred to God in his interaction in that space. So let me give you an example. If God is being uh, sitting on his seat of judgment with us, we refer to God as Elohim. If God is sitting in some form of uh, kindness of chesed or rahamim or, or mercy, so we refer to God and we call him Yudke Vavke. So therefore, just as a simple example, the Pasuk in describing God talking to Noach, it says, Vayomer Elokim El Noach. Et Elokim Noach. Right? Shachet et Elokim. In front of God, the God of judgment, everything happened in the story of Noach when God destroyed the world through the flood. All that happened to the God called God of Elokim. But when God promises Avram, Avram at the time, that he's going to be with him, that he's going to bless him, so there we read about Avram Avinu uh, interacting with the God called Yudke Vavke. But Rabotai, so each of these names, although they are all concentrated in one God, but rather what we're, des- what we're describing when we use the different names of God, Kel, Shakai, Elohim, Yudke Vavke, Aleph Dalet, Nun Yud, Adnut, each one of them speaks about the way or the mode God is in when he's acting with you, when he's acting towards you in any given circumstance. So what God says is, Ushmi Hashem lahem. I never came to them and said, Ani Amunai, I am Yudke Vavke. I never said that. I never told them who I was. Now this is incredibly important and I want to describe what this means in the broader terms for one second. My favorite way of explaining this comes by one of the prayers that we say during the Silichot. In the Silichot we say, Anenu Avinu, Anenu. Anenu Borenu, Anenu. Anenu Goalenu, Anenu. Anenu Dorshenu, Anenu Hodveadar, Anenu Vatikanecha, right? We go on and on and on and on. right? So each one we keep saying about God, answer us, Anenu Avinu, our Father. Answer us, Borenu, our Creator. Is the Creator different than your Father? No. So what's the second Anenu? Like, imagine I said, answer me, Murray. I'm calling you on the phone. <laughs> we need to, I need to make an appointment with you. I'm like, answer me, Murray. Answer me, Mr. Dayan. Answer me, person who's sitting between two people. Answer me, the man who's on my left. Answer me. All these different descriptions, they're all talking to you. So all the separate anenus, what do they do? And the answer, Rabotai, is so important in understanding the relationship between a human being and God. Is that while God is one and all of his interactions with this world come from only one source, there's only one God, Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, even though they describe different interactions with the world, they still come from one being, from one source. There's no division between separate powers, but rather, Rabotai, how God chooses in any one given moment is described, that is how we describe, that is the name that we use. So when we say Anenu Avinu, we ask God to answer us as a father would. 
But what if we have not treated God like a father? To quote the words of the Navi, the Navi says, Im avani, if I am a father, ayeh kevodi, where is my, where's my honor? You didn't honor me. If you're not honoring me, you're not treating me like a dad. Why would then I respond to you? And, and, and treat, you're not acting like a son. Why would I act to you like a father? Interesting. And if you call me your master, im adonimani, if I am your master, where is the fear? So Rabotai, God's interactions with us, they mirror our interactions with Him. And therefore when we say, if that doesn't work, we shift into, why? Because it is the creator of a thing that understands its most intimate inter, uh, interworkings. So if I, as an example, if I don't behave the way I'm supposed to, so maybe my father might be disappointed, but my creator who made me with these challenges and with these deficiencies as a human being, the one who created me understands me, even if my father does not. Is that clear? So therefore we ask, Anenu avinu, anenu borenu, alenu, you know what? Neither one of those. Go alenu, we need your redemption. You're a redeemer. Redeem me if I'm not that, if I'm not that, if I'm not that. Rabotai, the reason why I think this is so important is because people all the time are looking for God in their life. And they're trying to find Hashem in their world. But for some reason, I think they forget this pasuk. God decides which God He's going to be to you. Which God He's going to reveal Himself to be in your life. Hashem decides that. And sometimes you could live like the Avot did their whole life and not have God reveal Himself to them in a way where you could point at that God and call Him by that name. You might find in your life, when you're looking for God, a God of justice. And that might not be the God, so to speak, that you're praying to or praying for. But that doesn't mean it's not God in your life. A person might want Hashem to have them help them win the lottery. But even if they can't see that God, so to speak, they may very well be able to discern in their own life God's exacting judgment. Showing when they did something right and Hashem was there, or when something went wrong, and they could see that some, there was some punishment that was happening because of something that they had done wrong. That's still seeing Hashem. And by the way, that is still a comfort to know that the world that we live in is not random. Even if I experience it in a form of punishment, that brings you, or it should bring you, tremendous comfort to know that yesh din v'yesh dayan, there's, a, there's justice and there is a judge. Rabotai, I learned from here and I saw in this something remarkable. It means that while you may not have seen Yudke Vavke in your life, a God of extreme kindness or extreme uh, mercy, you may feel that the things that you wanted to go your way, 
did not go your way and things did not turn out as you hoped that they would. That does not mean that Yudke Vavke was not in your life. Because while God testifies that he never appeared to them, lo nodati lahem, the Pasuk itself says numerous times, so while God was acting in that way towards them, He didn't withhold the treatment of a loving, merciful God. He just withheld from them their ability to see Him as such. I think that that is an incredibly powerful idea. Sometimes we're looking for God and we're trying to see Hashem but we've pigeonholed God's actions into one thing. We make deals with Hashem when we're desperate. And we say, if you do this, then I'll do that. We do it all the time when our backs are against the wall. Hashem, please, I'm going to pray to you now. I give you this, you give me that. You're deciding what God's route should be. You're deciding what His behavior should be. And not only what his behavior should be in truth, but I also am deciding that not only does God need to act this way, I also want to demand that he reveal that action as well to me too. We are all fine, you know, firmly aware of the idea that as children, even when our parents are acting in our best interest, sometimes it doesn't feel that way. We're, all fir- we're very aware of that. And then at a later period in time, when you have perhaps your own children, and you look back at that specific decision or approach that your parents took, suddenly you realize, oh my God, my parents did love me. My parents were looking out for my best interest. My parents weren't being unnecessarily, unnecessarily strict. They were doing it from the right place. It came from a good space, you know, etc., etc. But Rabotai, what we see about our parents, sometimes we don't choose to see about God. The leeway will give our own flesh and blood father and mother. Where we say, look, they must have had a reason why they acted this way. I still know that my parents. We place shackles on God's hands, Kaviachol. And if he doesn't act the way that we want him to act, we say that he was not there at all. Isn't that fascinating? Ushmi Hashem lo nodati lahem. I did it for them. I just didn't let them know. Sometimes Hashem is acting on your behalf in a plethora of ways. And you are just blissfully, or sometimes very not blissfully, unaware of those actions in your life. Rabutai, I wanted to share just a simple uh, example of this concept of Ushmi Hashem Lonodati Lahem. That my name, I just, I didn't let them know. I didn't show them uh, that, this was, that this was happening. I remember um, a while ago, I was, uh, I, was um, I had a phone call from a, a young gentleman who lived in London. And, and he called me to say Shabbat Shalom. I said, Shabbat Shalom, it was very nice to get the phone call. And he said to me, he said, you know, it's, uh, it's already a few years I was like, a few years since what? He goes, don't you remember? And he reminded me of the story uh, that happened with him. And this was, it was a, such a special thing to hear this young man say. And I want to share this story with you because I think there's a perfect example of Ushmi Hashem Lonodati Lahem. He, um, he was a young man who came to me at the time. 
and he was struggling through a very difficult uh, period in his dating life. He, uh, this is a boy who, you know people that were born to be married? Like from the time they're like 15, they're already dating, you know what I mean? They're already, you know, and by they're 18, they're like, by the time they're 21, they're like already as if they're dating, like they're like 45 years old, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're talking to you about serious relationships. I remember, the, I remember this kid in like in, in, when he was 16 years old, he was having conversations with me in school about how he really wants to get, you know, take his relationship to the next level and he wants to be very serious. I was like, are you planning on getting married in high school? Like, this guy was unbelievable, okay? Anyway, so a lot of the conversations that we had surrounded the drama of his, uh, of his dating life, okay? <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> The guy told, came to, he came to me and he said, listen, you know, um, I don't understand what is going on. You know, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and God's not, he's not listening. I said, what do you mean? What do you mean you prayed? He says, I prayed and Hashem didn't listen. So I decided I was going to fast. He's not a religious kid. Not, he's not a religious kid. But he comes from that Sephardi background. You know, they have that deep-rooted emunah and Hashem. So he understood, like, if his prayers weren't answered, he needed to fast. <laughs> you know, he didn't ask me, right? But, he, you know, he prayed. He says, and I fasted. And then Hashem didn't listen. He goes, Rabbi, and then I heard someone told me that if you decide not to speak, something's cool, you could be... He, I still remember, he called it a word fast. I didn't even know what he was talking about. <laughs> he translated the words, literally, Ta'anitibur, into a word fast. He goes, I did the fast, nothing. Then I did the word fast, and then nothing. I was like, what, what word fast? He did a whole Shabbat, he didn't say one word. Now, again, remember, it might be a normal thing in a super religious guy's life. This guy's not religious. I don't even think he keeps Shabbat. I don't even think he was keeping Shabbat at the time, right? So he's not keeping Shabbat. His family's not keeping Shabbat. He wakes up. On a Saturday morning. And he's walking around his house and he's like, uh, 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 his mother thought he was lost his marbles. Right? I always thought, you know, if you're gonna do a tiny dibur, at least let the relevant people know what's coming. Right? So the guy he fasted, he did a tiny dibur, he gave tzedakah. He's telling me all the things he does, and he says, and I've given up hope. I've given up hope. Hashem's not answering me. I said, well, what's, what, what prayer did you pray and what doesn't answer? He goes, there's this girl. He says, I'm sure I'm going to marry her. She's perfect for me. I said, okay. So he said, so I prayed to Hashem, I prayed to Hashem, I prayed to Hashem that God should give me the courage <laughs> to, to ask her to marry me. I said, okay. He goes, and you know what? And then I saw her after I prayed, it didn't work. And he goes, and now I fasted and it didn't work. And then I fasted Ta'ani Dibur and it didn't work. And then I gave Zedakah and it didn't work. I said, Rohi, <laughs> what are you driving God crazy for? What are you blaming this on Hashem? Like, you know, if you're not confident enough that you want to actually propose to this girl, right? What do you, don't bring in Hashem into this, right? What do you... You know what you think you're gonna you're gonna pray and then all of a sudden you're just gonna go Bleh! you know you're gonna vomit out this proposal on the spot, right? I said you know I I, I just in my brain also I'm a very I'm a very funny brain my imagination is very you know I always imagine things in their most ludicrous scenario so I just imagine. <laughs> 
I imagine him finally getting the courage to propose to her, but it was during his Ta'ani Dibur. <laughs> He's like, uh, no, uh, 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 <laughs> So I said to him, listen, you know, I can't tell you what God's plans are. I have no idea. I said, but if you want so badly to propose to her, and you can't, you can't get the words out. You can't actually bring yourself to do it. And then you prayed for it. And then you fasted for it. And then you you word fasted. And then you gave tzedakah. I said, if there's something here, maybe you should ask yourself if you're so sure that actually she is the right one. Because I don't think it should be this difficult. Like in the history of proposals, I don't remember anyone having to go through sigufim, like you know what I mean, and needing to put himself through the ringer to be able to ask someone that they really love to spend the rest of their life with them. I don't remember that ever happening to anybody. Good people are not sure yet, but you're telling me you're absolutely sure. So why are you sure that God didn't answer your prayers? Why are you sure? Maybe actually Hashem is helping you realize you're praying to get married. Hashem is helping you realize that this is not the person for you. By, by every time sabotaging or giving you those feelings that this is not the right move. That gut feeling when someone feels something is right or something is wrong can also be HaKadosh Baruch Hu sharing a message with you, speaking to you. But he had decided that, God's, that God... And God's answer was going to be in this. And if this didn't happen, Hashem is not listening. Rabotai, sometimes I think, instead of praying to God for something, we should keep our hands open, look up and sincerely ask God Himself in whatever response He deems is the appropriate response for the situation I'm in. But asking Hashem to lead me and to let me see his plan for me. I think those two words together, those two ideas are so beautiful. Hashem, please lead me and show me your plan for me. Whatever it is, I'm okay following you wherever, God, but I need to understand and I need to feel that it is you that is guiding me there and not that I'm just lost and I have nobody with me. Ushmi Hashem. What a powerful lesson that is. Don't block God into a box. Um, and don't decide for yourself what you want from your life. If you've decided that and then asking Hashem for that, then it's kind of like asking someone for advice and then telling them what you want the advice to be. I really need some advice about this business deal because I'm going to buy it. <laughs> so what do you think about me buying it because I'm going to buy it? But that's not asking advice. Usually when people come that way, they're not asking you for advice, they're asking you for a donation. <laughs> Hashem should bless us always with the clarity to be able to see His, pla- his plan for us, Rabotai, um, and, uh, and in the direction in which He's leading us. Baruch Adonai Le'olam.